Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we're here with Amanda Ellis. She's the editor-in-chief of livability.com. There, she leads content strategy and voice, reaching millions of people annually with content about small and mid-sized cities. Amanda also directs livability's content for economic development and talent attraction professionals like us, including the Inside America's Best Cities podcast, Let's Talk Talent Newsletter, and Research on Relocation Habits. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Dane. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell us, what is livability.com? Sure. So livability.com is a content platform that is all about small to mid-sized cities across the country and mostly why they're great places to live. So we do have some content about travel or weekend getaways, but mostly it's about what it's like to live in those places, those hidden gym cities, um, you know, not the big ones that we already know what their good points are, like New York, LA, et cetera, but all the awesome small to mid-sized places and really telling the unsung stories of, of those places. Gotcha. So how does it monetize? How does it make money? So we do work with clients. So we work with EDOs and chambers of commerce to put out amazing content um, about their communities and really boost their digital footprint so that they can reach the people they want to reach in terms of talent who are looking to relocate. Um, our audience is very targeted in terms of those people who are looking to possibly move. Um, but we are uh, an independent editorial platform as well. So it's a blend. It's a blend of both. Um, we do work for clients, helping them meet their goals. And then we also have some global like roundup type content, like, um, you know, most dog friendly cities, dog friendly beaches, um, you know, cool food and drink stories, lifestyle stuff. So lots of, of different things. Thinking about that kind of content, I would imagine that it resonates really well with, with readers. So you see a, a story about, um, dog-friendly places and your city is in the top 10 and you like dogs, you're all about that uh, story. You're going to share it. You're going to talk about it. It's going to probably run in the local newspaper, all of that. Exactly. That and it's, yeah, it's funny too that um, I mentioned pets as an example. We're actually getting ready to add a column to the site um, specifically about pet pet places. So that was top of mind for me. But yeah, people love people love their pets, um, and people also love you know seeing their community get that love. So all of these stories are super shareable, and yeah, they're just the things everyone likes. Right. So how does this work for let's say talent attraction? Let's say let's say you're a community and you desperately need labor. You need people to move there. You need people to work in your jobs. Um, how does that work? Yes. So that means you need people to know about your community, right? Um, and nowadays, the big piece there is your digital footprint. Because where do people go when they want to know about something, right? Um, we go to Google or whatever your preferred search engine is. So what we do to capture those people is really look at like, 
what are they searching? How do we draw those people to the information that you want them to get about your community? So that's sort of what I was getting at earlier when I said that our um, traffic and audience is, is very targeted and specific to those people. Um, so we're putting out the content that's going to draw them in and uh, get the people that you want to find you to find you. That makes sense. Now, I looked into your background and, and before you were at, with Livability um, a bit ago, you were at the Chattanooga Chamber. And yes. so how did that impact what you're doing now? Did that lead directly to this? Did you learn some things there? How did that work? Yeah. So I worked with the Chattanooga Chamber of Commerce. I'm actually still based in Chattanooga. Fun fact, um, livability is in Franklin, of course, just south of Nashville, but I'm still in Chattanooga. And I worked with the marketing team at the Chattanooga Chamber for almost eight years. It was my first job out of college. Um, so we did a lot of work you know, really getting Chattanooga on the map nationally, looking at national and international PR, also doing a lot of um, marketing work, of course, locally and for our members. Um, so, I mean, I have to admit, I didn't really know like what a chamber was or what economic development was before I went and worked there, which I would say is probably true of a lot of people who fall into the field. Um, and we all seem to kind of fall into it, I've, I've noticed. Um, but it was a great it was a great experience, um, especially like I'm from Chattanooga. And so it was an awesome opportunity to feel like I was really engaged um, in my community and able to give back and be really involved. And uh, we were a livability client. And so that was kind of how my um, initial exposure um, to us. And then I ended up coming on board here um, as our editor in chief in a bit more national facing role that still gets to work with a lot of great uh, chambers and EDOs across the country. So it was a really good blend of what I had done and being able to take it to the next level. So got to love sure. those uh, pandemic, post-pandemic career shifts that we've all been Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. That is, that is true, right? <laughs> Never um, a dull moment. <laughs> so you being a marketing expert, I'd say, in this field, someone's listening and they're in a small community and... Uh, maybe, you know, they've never even considered this. They've never considered the idea of going out and creating content around their community, putting it in front of potential people that could relocate there. What, what should they be thinking about, even as they're beginning, before they spend any money, before they do anything? What, how should they approach this? So I think they should really be thinking about what really makes their community special and try to get really specific about what that is. Um, I've noticed like a lot of the same types of quality of life type things are talked about often, but they're things almost every place can argue that they have. So really think about what do you have that other places don't have and like, what do you really want to focus on? So thinking about what is the messaging that you would want people to know about? Who would you want to know about? And then that kind of gives you a roadmap for where to spend your effort, dollars, et cetera. Give us an example of something that's really small that maybe a community has that they're not even thinking about that would be an asset that they could then utilize in their marketing. Good question. Um know that this is really small, but we have actually studied um, what these factors are for people. Like what do people see as important when they're thinking about moving to a community and evaluating community? Um, and so many, I guess what kind of comes out of that is that so many different things are important to different people. And so I think what's good about that is like Every community doesn't have all the things, of course, but you definitely have at least some of the things um, that people are, are, are thinking about. So just to throw out um, 
a few of those that people want to see. So like, how easy is it to get around in your community? Like, is it like you can get anywhere in 15 minutes, like public transportation? Like, what does that landscape look like? Um, arts, entertainment, restaurants, like what do you have to offer in, in that area? Outdoors um, is a huge one for people. Outdoor amenities, um, you know, that some people might want to be close to a beach or mountains or to whatever hobby, hobbyist outdoorsy thing is their thing, so to speak. Um, you know, whether they visited the city before is something we see people thinking about. So thinking about how, you know, tourism can play into it or how like regionally people who might be familiar with your community because they live within a few hours. Um, you know, can you look to those markets to bring people in? So there's a lot of different things that appeal to people. And it's just looking at, yeah, like what you have within that, which won't be everything, but it'll definitely be some of it. I guess it's sort of the idea that if everybody is selling red widgets and those red widgets are selling really well, that perhaps if you had a blue widget, it's not going to appeal to everybody who is into the red widget, but it's going to appeal to the people that don't want red, that want something blue. And so the same thing is probably true with communities because like you said, everybody markets themselves as being the you know great place to live, work, and play. Okay, great. Sure, that's true. But that's not necessarily true for everyone. And the specific aspects of a community that, that make it unique that appeals to someone that appeals to a, a small cohort of people and maybe highlighting those specific aspects of that community and the way they interact and interplay with each other will then connect you with an audience and uh, potentially people that will relocate there that are the absolute perfect people for that. Exactly. Yep. So you want to dig deep in terms of, yeah, what makes you special? And we help people do that. You just mentioned a few things, a few reasons that people are uh, relocating. Um, you've done a lot of research on this. I'd imagine you have really developed this out. You have your research on relocation habits. What other insights have you gained from this? So some of the top factors that we have seen come up over and over in several different studies. And most of our research we do through Ipsos, which is a public affairs research firm, and they help build out like survey groups and focus groups that are reflective of the U.S. population. Um, so they've typically been our research partner. So the factors that we've seen come up over and over again in terms of what are people thinking about when it comes to moving to a new area? Like what have they been thinking about throughout their lives um, when they've made moves. And the things that really come up over and over again are affordability and costs, of course, are always top of mind for people. You know, how is this going to affect my finances? Um, distance from family. And the joke I always make with this is I think that means they want to be close to their family. <laughs> but Sometimes. I guess it depends on, uh, no, I really, I do think it generally means closer, but I'm just like uh, joking about that. Maybe they want to be far away. Um, but yeah, so closeness to like a support network um, and climate is also a big one. Um, you know, what is the what is the weather like? What are your preferences there? So those are some things that we've really seen come up over and over, no matter how many like different ways we phrase our questioning. Um, one factor that has shown more importance lately is how much living space can you get for your money? So I think like no need to give any backstory there. We all spent a lot more time at home in the last sure. few years and uh, maybe a backyard or an extra bedroom or whatever that is. And, you know, how much money it's going to cost you became a little more important. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, um, of course, work, you know, people thinking about throughout the course of their lives, like a lot of times a new job or something work-related emerges as a big reason that people make make moves. Um, and a fresh start, that's also something that has come up. Like sometimes, you know, you just want to do something different. Um, so those are a few factors that have come up as consistently important to people in the different research we've done. Sure. So are there any other um, sort of major changes that you can see in the data from pre-COVID to now, other than maybe space? Yeah. So remote work obviously um, has been huge and given people a lot more um, flexibility. So one thing that I think will be interesting to see going forward is like how I was just mentioning that work-related moves, people thinking about their whole lives is often a reason that comes up. Like if we'll see that become less true now that um, sure. getting a job in a different market doesn't necessarily mean that you have to move. So I think that will be something interesting to see. Um, our most recent round of research that we did was looking at the new affordability and like, has that meaning changed to people with rising costs and all of those scary, scary headlines that we're seeing? Um, and that seemed, well, so it seemed to be a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, but it seems like it may be motivating certain groups to look at, like where might their money go a little bit further, like especially people with families um, and in certain regions of the country. So like people that live in the Northeast or the Midwest currently seemed more likely to think about relocating due to inflation than people in the South. It's always interesting to like look at what those demographic things are that come up and like there's not always a lot of backstory with data so you find yourself thinking about your own backstory for it right. um so like that that i just mentioned to me says like you know i would think that you know in the south there may be like a higher concentration of pretty affordable cities than some other areas of the country so they might be like maybe i'll just like stay put with everything going so crazy out there um but it was definitely really interesting we also looked at um like people thinking about their housing affordability and what kind of cost decrease would inspire them to think about moving. Um, and the sweet spot for that, let me just make sure I'm telling you the right thing, um, was a 20 to 29% decrease in housing costs resonated with the most people. Um, so I feel like that kind of makes sense if you think about it. Like less than that, you're probably like, I mean, it'd be nice, but is it worth like packing up my whole life? But once you start getting like above that percentage of savings, you know, people are like, oh, well, maybe, maybe it would be worth looking at, at something else. That's fascinating. 20 to 29% decrease in housing costs move the, moves the needle. Wow. For the most people. Yeah. So yeah. almost 30% of our group of respondents said that, that that would be the minimum they would need to see to think about moving. Interesting. So, and of course, some people still said like, you know, a decrease in housing costs wouldn't necessarily make me think about moving. Um, so, you know, again, that thing of like, not everything resonates with everyone, but we can see, you know, what resonates with the bigger groups of people. Huh. So as um, additionally, in your research, you did this uh, top 100 American cities. So what yes. are the top 10? Yes. So we... um 
produce a top 100 best places to live list every year. And uh, this is the ninth year that we've done that. So it's been one of our biggest uh, pieces of content for a long time. It is actually a data-based list. So it's not just us, you know, making up what we think are the top 100 places. Um, we do a significant amount of research. We pull in more than 50 different data points from a bunch of different sources. Um, and we evaluate eight different categories with those data points. So that's everything from um, local economy to healthcare to um you know, housing costs, the landscape of housing, things like that. So we look at lots of different things. And um, our number one city this year was Madison, Wisconsin. It's actually their second year at number one. And it's the first time that has happened. Um, so kudos to them. I know they've been really excited, of course. Um, some other cities in our top 10. So we had Ann Arbor, Michigan at number two. Rochester, Minnesota, number three. Naperville, Naperville, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Overland Park, Kansas. Um, so that was that was our top five. Um, wow. But we look at we look at more than twenty three hundred cities for that list. So um, even just even if you're number ninety nine on the top one hundred, it's still really, yeah, right. Really you're still the you're still there. But were there any that any cities um, on the list that maybe you were really surprised about their place on the list? Well, I can't say I'm like surprised. Where, like, for example, Sensor. where was where was Chattanooga? So Chattanooga was not among the top 100 this year. Um, and again, like, of course, I think Chattanooga is a really great city. Um, but per the data, and we do tweak, like, which exact data points we look at a little bit each year, like, depending, um, you know, on current events and kind of the landscape of things. So they have been on it before, um, but this year they weren't. So again, it's like a hundred is not enough to include every um, place that we think is, is really great. Um, but it's always, always fun to see what, uh, what comes out. Interesting. Let's talk about sure. the other kinds of content that livability uh, generates. What, yeah. what else can someone get from you? So, of course, we talked a lot about livability.com, which is more of our, like, external facing content platform um, that people are finding through search. Um, and that's really helping communities reach the people that they are trying to reach. Um, but in terms of the industry, so people who work for chambers, EDOs, in the talent traction space, um, this year we have really started doing more industry-oriented content for those people. And, you know, when we're working with our clients, we hear so many great stories about what they're doing, replicable strategies. And so we really wanted to come up with some ways to share that a little bit more broadly in a way that could help everyone. Um, so we recently launched um, our own podcast, which is called Inside America's Best Cities. And uh, so that's been a fun foray for me into the world of podcasting. I have to say, I think I might like interviewing better than I like being in the hot seat. <laughs> Sure. Yes, I can imagine. I agree. I like asking the questions. So this was a, a good exercise to be on the other side. Um, but yeah, so we take a deeper dive into some of those hidden gym communities, the people behind, you know, creating that sense of livability there um, and just pulling out different topics that are relevant to people in the field working on those things. Um, 
Let's see. We also put out a monthly talent attraction newsletter called Let's Talk Talent that just um, includes a roundup of different trends in the space, um, you know, cool things that communities are doing, all of that good stuff. Um, and then we already talked a bit about our research. So several times a year, we do our own research on different American reloc relocation habits. Well, that's great. So how can EDOs, how can they get in contact with livability? How can individual economic developers reach out to you and pick your brain, hire yeah. you, whatever it is? So anybody is welcome to reach out to me by email. So that's a ellis at livability.com. Um, and as far as tapping into some of the resources I just mentioned, pretty much all of that is available at livabilitymedia.com. So livability.com is our content platform where Top 100 and all the fun stuff we talked about at the beginning lives um, and livabilitymedia.com is where you can access our white papers, all of our podcast episodes, and sign up for that newsletter I mentioned. And I always love hearing ideas from people in the space about what they might want to know more about, you know, what they liked, what they didn't, um, and all of that good stuff. So, Well, Amanda, I hope that you have enjoyed being in the hot seat, being the interviewee for once. I hope that it's more comfortable than it looks because yes. I mean, the truth, I don't like being the inter the interviewee. I like being the one asking the questions because yes. you get to control the conversation. It just feels like not all of the attention is focused on you. Yes. So I think you've done you're really just well. Helping, you're just helping the other person look good. You know, what's so funny is, um, so in my um, former life, you know, there's, there's a marketing and PR aspect to this role and my former role um, with the Chattanooga Chamber, but I feel like it used to be more like I just coordinated interviews and prepped other people. And now, like often I am the forward facing person. And it's interesting because, you know, I used to see like people it, that didn't do this all the time, like get nervous and you'd be like, it's fine. Like you're going to be fine. And then now I'm like, wait, now I see why they were so nervous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. So, I, even sitting in the host seat, you get nervous and you think, oh, um, yeah, I don't know. You just get this jitter. You're, it's just strange, right? It's just, yes. it's, but the truth of the matter is it's just us talking. Nobody else is ever going to listen to this. It's just you and I sitting down, having a conversation, asking each other the questions that come to mind. And, uh, you know, hopefully someone else can learn from it. Yes, hopefully so. Excellent. Well, excellent. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com. 